Hey friend, welcome to the Talking About TTC podcast. My name is Lauren and I am not a doctor or an expert, but I am currently navigating the difficult season of life that is called trying to conceive. When my husband and I had our first loss, I went looking for a podcast to help me with the grief and the emotions that I was feeling, but I struggled to find one that was a good fit for me. And during that time, I truly felt so alone. I'm so grateful for the friends and family that were vulnerable and shared their struggles with us. So now, eight months into our journey, I finally decided that it was time for me to help other women and families who are facing similar struggles when trying to grow their family. My hope is that through this podcast, I can provide encouragement, some peace, and more importantly, a community so that others on their trying to conceive journeys do not have to feel so alone. Let's get started. We are officially diving into episode two today, and I just have to say, this is so crazy, y'all. The support and the love and the feedback and just everything that I felt from every single person from the moment that I started talking about putting a podcast together to the trailer episode to episode one last week where I talked about our, meaning my husband and I's, our own journey and what we've been going through, just I feel all that love so much and I want to say thank you. I am super excited to dive into today's episode because this is something that was requested by a few of you. It's something that I find a really important topic. When I'm looking on other like Instagram pages or things like that where people are talking about infertility and miscarriage, this is a very common question and the question is how do you stay positive throughout all of this, right? So we're going to dive into that today. I am not saying I have all the perfect answers. I'm not saying I am positive every single day. In fact, I've had a couple really hard days lately, but these are the things that keep me grounded. And when I'm trying to shift my focus, when I'm trying to change my energy, these are the things that I look to to help me be a little bit more positive. I made an Instagram post a few weeks back where I talked about the 10 things that helped me to stay positive, and I got a lot of really great feedback on it, so I'm going to just dive a little bit deeper into those 10 things. I'm not saying that these are the only 10 things out there that you can do to try to be a little bit more positive. I'm not saying that all 10 of these are going to work for everybody, but for me personally, when I feel myself sliding into a negative headspace. These are the 10 things that I'll try to lean into, maybe like one or two of them, you know, whatever it might be. I try to lean into some of these to help me get out of that negativity. I'm going to work backwards from that list of 10 that I gave. So I'm going to start with number 10. And number 10 is letting myself feel all of the emotions. I am notorious for being the girl that always says, I'm fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. So I've really had to learn throughout all of our losses to let myself feel all of the feelings, not shame myself for any of the feelings that I do have, and definitely not keeping it bottled up or trying to shove it all down. I think it's okay to have days where you're really sad. I think it's okay to have days where you're happy. That was something that was really hard for me. Like when I was going through all of this, I struggled when there were things that did bring me joy or or made me happy. I struggled to feel happy because I felt guilty that I was feeling happy. I felt like I'm going through this terrible thing. We, you know, just lost our baby or we've now lost a couple babies. And how could I be happy? 
but I think it's okay. Just as much as we need to let ourselves feel the hard emotions, we need to let ourselves be upset, let yourself cry, whatever it might be. I think you also need to give yourself permission to be happy and to find joy even in the middle of the storm. Let yourself find joy. There are going to be good things that happen to you. Maybe they're not necessarily related to growing your family, but there are going to be good things that happen to you in your life and you need to let yourself be happy about those. You cannot sit there and punish yourself and and just let yourself be sad all of the time because that's where I feel like for me, I would slide into a really, 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 really dark place. So I gave myself permission to feel all of the feelings, good, bad, and everything in between. Next on the list is number nine, and number nine is talking about it. This is something that for a lot of people, maybe they're not comfortable talking about it, or maybe talking about it doesn't necessarily help them. But for me, talking about this, whether it was with a family member, a friend, my husband, whoever it might be, maybe it's talking about it on a podcast, I don't know, but talking about it has helped me to just take some of the weight off of the whole situation and it also allows me just to process through all of my emotions and feelings a little bit better than if I were just trying to keep this to myself. There was one day in particular where one of my good friends picked me up and we were just gonna run to Target, do some errands, just try to get out of the house and we pulled into the parking lot and she was like, so how are you doing? And I completely just like unloaded unloaded all of the things on her and I don't know if she thought that she was gonna open up the floodgates as much as she did but at the end of that conversation like we literally sat in her car for probably like 10 or 15 minutes with me just sitting there spilling it all and by the end of that 10 or 15 minute conversation I just felt so much lighter every emotion that I was feeling every you know, negative thought or just any part of it that I was keeping bottled up. I talked with her about it and she validated some of my feelings. She let me know that I wasn't alone. And I think that that was so helpful. Again, it goes back to letting yourself feel the feelings. Sometimes it helps when somebody else is like, yeah, that totally makes sense. Or you have every right to feel that way. And then you just kind of let it go. And you can move on from there. I think if we don't talk about things, that's when it starts to get really hard, at least for me personally. I I have to process things out loud. I have to talk about them. Otherwise, I just have a really hard time making sense of them in my head or I'll start to do weird things in my head where I'll like blame myself or make myself feel guilty for feeling a certain way about a situation or having a certain thought. So Talking about it, just getting it off of my chest has been so important. I am a huge advocate of therapy. So whether you have a therapist or maybe you want to look into getting a therapist, I think that is a great way to sit and talk through everything that you are going through. I'm super fortunate and I have amazing people in my life who are always going to sit and listen and support, but sometimes I don't want to put that pressure on them. And also I know not everybody always has people in their life like that or maybe you're not comfortable opening up to the people in your life about it and talking to a therapist is great because one they're a professional it is literally their job to sit and listen to you and give you professional you know skills and coping mechanisms and whatever else help you really walk through it 
but you get to walk out of that room and you don't have to see that person, you know, at dinner later and think about the conversation that you had. It's very separate from the rest of your life. And I think that there is something really powerful to that. So 12 out of 10 recommend finding a good therapist that you can talk through all of this with. Okay, number eight and number eight is a hard one. It is choosing to find hope in other people's success stories. I say this is hard because you have to make a conscious effort to choose to find hope. I have felt jealous when I've seen other people post pregnancy announcements. I've felt like sad for myself. Like, why isn't it happening for us? But I think when you choose to find hope, when you see someone else's success story with their baby, it is a way of thinking like, if it can happen for them, it can happen for me. And I forget where I heard that, but wherever I did hear it, it really sticks with me. If you're the person that said that to me, please reach out and let me know. But if it can happen for them, it can happen for me. And making that choice to look at it that way, it is a conscious effort and it is hard. But I think that that allows you to have a positive spin. It doesn't mean that those other feelings are going to go away. They might still be there and that's okay. I remember vividly sitting in the doctor's office after our second loss we went for like a follow-up appointment and we had found out that the baby was a girl and there was someone in the doctor's office who was sitting there with their brand new newborn in a pink stroller walking them around it was she was precious she was adorable but I literally just started bawling I was so heartbroken for myself and for my husband because I wanted that to so badly be us instead of what we were going through. And I think, again, that goes back to number 10, letting yourself feel those feelings. That's okay that I felt that way, but I think you also need to look at other people's success and other people's growing families as a way of giving you hope that one day that's going to happen for you too. And that ties right into number seven. Number seven is trying not to compare our journey to others. I think it can be helpful to find similarities in other people's journeys, whether it is for educational purposes or to just help you to not feel so alone. But I think the danger of comparing your journey comes in when you see someone else like they maybe they got pregnant and you've been trying to get pregnant or maybe they've had a baby and you start to sit there and you go, well, I'm doing all the same things that they're doing. So why did they get pregnant and why not me? Or you sit there and you're like, well, they didn't even have any trouble. Why do they not have to have trouble? And why do I have to have trouble? We never know what is going on. We never know all of the details of what is going on in somebody else's life. We never know all of all of the stuff, right? We only see a portion of what is going on in everybody else's life. So you can't sit there and compare what you are going through, what you're experiencing to somebody else's. I think we can sit there and like I said, we can find hope in other people's success stories. But the moment that you start to sit there and feel yourself feeling jealous, usually that's coming out of a place of comparison, whether it's that, you know, they've been doing IUI or IVF and it, that's what you're doing and it's working for them, but it's not working for you. And you start to compare and you start to nitpick and you start to get jealous. And sometimes you even start to be, beat yourself down. That's when you have to pause and yes, I can find hope in their story, but I don't need to compare my journey to theirs. If for no other reason, other than the fact that 
it is not going to change what you're going through. And there are going to be good days that you have. There are going to be positive things, if not now, maybe in the future. And if you're just constantly sitting there comparing what you're going through to somebody else's, that is going to steal the joy so quickly from you, from any good stuff that happens, whether it be now or later on. Comparing to somebody else's journey, comparing to somebody else's life is going to steal the joy that you get to find in your own experiences, in your own journey, in your own story, and in your own life. Don't do it. Don't do it. It is so tempting, but don't do it. I talked about this last week, but I truly feel like God has a plan and God has a purpose for each one of us and for our lives. And if you're sitting there comparing what you're going through to somebody else's and you're just worrying about what is happening in everybody else's life around you, it's just going to distract you from everything that was meant to be for you and all of the good that is going to come if you're so focused on everyone else. Okay, number six. Setting boundaries that are best for us. And so obviously when I wrote this, I'm talking about my husband and I setting boundaries that are best for him and I, but setting boundaries that are best for you. That might mean maybe there are some people in your life that you need to limit conversations that you're having with them or time that you're spending with them. I think if you have people in your life who know what you're going through and know what you've experienced, it's natural for them to want to ask questions and reach out. And for me, for the most part, when people ask me, I appreciate it. And it's it's nice to know that people are reaching out and I'm willing to talk about it. Like I said, talking about it helps me. But if you're somebody who isn't ready to have those conversations and someone is reaching out to you asking how you're feeling or how your doctor's appointments are going or whatever it might be, I think it's totally okay for you to say, I appreciate you reaching out to me. I'm just not in a place where I'm ready to talk about it right now, and that's okay. You can know that they're coming from a place of love and coming from a place where they just care about you, and you can also at the same time not be in a place where you're okay to have those conversations, and both of those things are fine. It doesn't mean that they care about you any less. It doesn't mean that what they were doing was intentionally hurtful. It might not even be hurtful. It might just be that you have to set that boundary for yourself because emotionally, mentally, you're just not in a place where you want to have that conversation. And that's totally okay. That is your place, your right to say, I love you and I appreciate you thinking about me or reaching out to me. I'm just not in a place where I'm ready to have that conversation right now. Maybe setting boundaries means limiting events that you're going to right now. Maybe right now is not the best time for you to be going to baby showers or birthday parties. And that's okay if the people in your life truly love you and care about you, they will understand that what you're going through is just too difficult for you to be going to those events right now. And that's totally fine. Maybe it's setting boundaries with social media. Maybe there are people that you need to mute or unfollow, whatever it might be, if there are posts that are triggering. Even though we're going through a really difficult season, that doesn't mean that everybody else's life and world stops. And so I think the responsibility of setting these boundaries and also communicating the boundaries really falls heavy on us. I think if there are people in your life that maybe you need to limit some conversations or limit the time that you're spending with them, that is your responsibility to communicate that to them. And again, if they love you and if they care about you, they should understand I think if it is about events that you just don't feel like you're able to go to, that's fine. Maybe it looks like you sending a gift. Maybe it looks like you having that conversation with whoever's hosting the event or whoever the event is for. 
And maybe not. Maybe you don't need to justify yourself. That's fine. Whatever feels right for you, do that. There is literally no handbook, rule book, guide, nothing that tells us how to navigate this season. And it's going to look so different for every single person, every single couple, every single family. It's going to be so different. So you have to learn to trust yourself and really listen to what you and your significant other need and you have to be able to set those boundaries and know that you're not doing it from a mean place but at some point self-preservation and protecting our emotions and our feelings and our ability to pick ourselves up and continue moving forward every single day that has to take priority so you know especially with social media mute who you need to mute unfollow, whatever you have to do, there are ways where we can set boundaries, be respectful of others, but still prioritize our healing and our overall well-being. That has to be the number one priority as you are going through this. What is best for you mentally, physically, emotionally, that has to be number one and setting boundaries plays a huge role in that. That brings us to number five and that is leaning into your people. I hope all of you have somebody in your life who is there to support you and love you and care about you while you are going through all of this. I know for me personally, I would not be in the mental place that I am if I didn't have my husband and my family members and my friends who have been so supportive as we've been going through everything. So I hope that all of you have at least one person in your life like that. And when you do, go out and live your life with them. I think this goes back to what I was saying earlier about you're going to have good things that happen to you. Maybe it's not necessarily in reference to your fertility journey or your trying to conceive journey. Maybe it's just you're going to have a good day where you get to go do something fun with your friends and give yourself that permission to do that. My husband and I are so fortunate. We have some really amazing friends and you know, we've gone out and we've gone to the golf course and we've gone to sporting events or we go to dinner. And I think it is so important to still live your life, allow yourself to have fun and do things that you enjoy, especially with those good people in your life, because you can't just put your life on pause and isolate yourself. That is not going to help anybody. And it's most definitely not going to help you. So I hope you have good people in your life. Everybody deserves that. And when you do lean into those people. So that brings me to number four, which is being intentional about having date nights with my husband. I think when you are in the thick of it on your trying to conceive journey, it can be frustrating and there are so many emotions all over the place that it is really important for us to be intentional about spending quality time together and doing things that we enjoy doing, just him and I, so that we're making sure we're prioritizing our relationship and the connection that we have And still getting to do things that we enjoy doing together, right? And that goes back to the idea of not letting what you are going through steal all of the joy out of your life. You can still have good days. You can still do things that are fun. You can still do things that you enjoy. So go do them and have the fun date nights. Go out or whether it's a movie at home, whatever it might be, do that with each other. Trying to conceive after loss or through infertility can be exhausting and it can bring out some really difficult emotions. And I think sometimes when we bottle those emotions up or when we let those emotions get the best of us, we tend to take it out on the people that are closest to us. And when your emotions 
and everything are so high, it is very easy. And I mean, we've even had it happen where we get frustrated with each other or, you know, whatever it might be. Maybe there's arguments that you're like, what are we even arguing about? And you realize that you're both just frustrated or sad or angry or whatever it might be. And maybe not even necessarily at each other, but it just explodes. So being really intentional about spending quality time with your significant other is so important. You have to prioritize your relationship. You have to prioritize making sure that the two of you stay connected. You're continuing to be open and communicate with each other. And the only way that you do that is by spending quality time together. One of our first dates after our first loss actually was that we went to the tattoo shop and we each got a different tattoo, but it kind of symbolized and represented that baby and symbolized the experience that we were going through and I loved that that was something that was so special it was a way for us to bond and connect over what we were going through so I'm not saying everybody go run out and get a tattoo if that's not your vibe but for me and for my husband it was really therapeutic so like I said not saying everybody needs to go run out and get a tattoo that's not the point but make sure you're doing something that allows you to connect with each other and spend quality time with each other as you're going through this so that brings us to number three and number three is walks outside and exercise but really i think it's just spending any amount of time outside if the weather's nice and the sun is shining or exercising and moving your body, or if you're putting the two together and you're getting outside and you're going for a run or going for a walk, whatever it might be, there is something so powerful in that that I can be having the worst day and moving my body or getting some fresh air, it's an immediate mood booster and I'm able to just kind of take all that energy that I'm feeling and put it into getting a quick exercise in or just focus on how good it feels to have the sun shining on my face and the fresh air that I'm breathing. It just completely changes how I'm feeling. And I could literally be in the worst mood, the worst headspace. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go do a quick exercise or I'm going to go for a walk. And as soon as I'm done with that exercise or that walk, I'm like a completely different person. <laughs> it's crazy, but get those endorphins flowing and it helps. Again, I... I'm not a doctor or an expert, but I have just been told that for me personally, maintaining my physical health is also something that's really important. So I'm trying my best to do that. And it's just an added bonus when it also helps with my mental health too. Okay. And these last two are kind of heavy. So forgive me for that. But number two is a good doctor who listens and supports us. And I cannot emphasize enough how important this is. If you are somebody who is currently with a doctor that you don't feel super comfortable with or you feel like just doesn't treat you the way that you deserve to be treated, advocate for yourself and do what you can to try to find better care. My husband and I unfortunately had some really difficult medical experiences with our first two losses and I talked about that a little bit on the first episode, but I'm not going to get into all of it because it's honestly really scarring and triggering some of the stuff that we experience and so I don't want to do that to myself but I definitely don't want to do that to anybody else however I can say that for us personally we felt like we weren't always taken seriously we felt like we were brushed off specifically for us there were a couple times where there were some concerns that probably dragged out a little bit too long because we just weren't taken seriously and then I don't know you know medically how much of an impact it had but emotionally that was really difficult when 
we're sitting here, we know something's not right. We're trying to advocate for ourselves and we're just not being taken seriously. And then you find out, you know, a few days later, oh, eventually, yeah, something was wrong or whatever it might be. So if you are currently dealing with a doctor who is not empathetic or who makes you feel belittled in any sort of way or anything where you feel like you're not getting the medical care that you deserve, please, 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 please advocate for yourself and find a doctor who you feel comfortable with and you feel supported by because that has been such a game changer for us. Okay, and the last one, which is probably the hardest one, is leaning into my faith and trusting God. I talked about this a little bit last week and I talked about it a little bit earlier on here, but I think this one is really hard and I'm probably not going to get all my words right for it, so forgive me for that. But, you know, I've said that I truly feel like there is a plan for all of us, that God has a plan for all of us. He has a purpose for all of us in our lives. And I struggled with that a lot because I felt like if I was accepting that there was some other plan for us, then essentially in my mind, it felt like those babies that we didn't get to bring into this world and that we didn't get to meet, that they were sacrificed for something else. And that, like just doesn't feel good and it doesn't sit right and it's really hard when I try to think about that so I I try not to think about it that way but I try to trust that everything that we're going through that there is some purpose and some plan behind it and I know that our life is so good right now and it is going to be so good in the future and it just might look a little different than what I had planned because like I said last week my plans don't really matter there is a bigger picture for all of us in our lives and trusting that all of the pain that we are going through is going to lead to something so good it doesn't mean that our babies that we've lost are any less important it doesn't mean that there there hasn't been purpose for them because there have and we love them so 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 much even though we didn't necessarily get to bring them into this world but I just have to really try to lean into knowing that there is some purpose for our lives and and a bigger picture for our lives and one day this is all going to make sense even though it makes absolutely no sense to me sometimes right now. So there you have it. That is a little bit of a deeper dive into the 10 things that help me to stay positive. Like I said, I hope maybe one or two of these, doesn't have to be all of them, maybe one or two of them help you a little bit. And I'm sure there are more things out there that other people use or other people have found help them to stay a little bit positive. But these are just the 10 that I could think of that have really helped me over the last eight and a half months. So I hope it helps and I will talk to you soon. 